What's up, baby? Yeah. Hey, we're back. We in. People need to start watching this on video. Yeah, it's it's so much more entertaining. Also, today we're repping the old with the meat. I guess the that's second not the, old. I guess that's not the new. No, it's not. What is the new? Because no one's got the new. I've got the new new. You got a new new. I got the new new underneath. Wow! Look at all this different branding we've got. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> so confusing. Hey, it's not. It all says no, the ins and outs. It does. Yeah. Shout out. This is an old jumper I got from a lovely girl called Becky. Um, Ooh, let me zoom in on that. Oop, there we go. And uh, did you just zoom in from that? I didn't zoom in. From oh, that, I was I'd... well impressed. Look how many different ways it says the ins and outs in this room. <laughs> oh shit it's conflicting um, it's not it all says the same thing it'd Bra- be conflicting if it's branding said, baby it'd be conflicting if it said out and in <laughs> um, yeah so I got a black jumper and, from her and I loved it and then in lockdown I tie dyed it hence this like this bleachy cool, right? boy so today is a quick episode for you all uh, would recommend watching it on video as well yeah so if you listen to this I mean you're more than welcome to listen to it please do listen to it in fact but to get the full benefits, watch because there is going to be some clips somewhere. Where to do you reckon? Probably, They're probably like in this facility, in this yeah. vicinity, in front of the sign um, of explanations of what we're talking about. Uh, so the whole point of this episode is how to do doggy. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That came out nowhere. Wow. That came out nowhere. And anyway, let's try that again. And the point of this episode is Can I just cut that we're bit? giving you no, keep it in. We're giving you six exercises that we believe I think it's seven. Seven exercises. <laughs> it is seven. We're giving you seven exercises that we believe all dancers should be doing. Now, I am not a PT and I am not a professional PT or therapist. But However, Jacob is Jacob. And although I'm not I've been a dancer for, a professional dancer since I was 18, and I'm now 31, coming on 32, I know. Granddad. You bastard. Every time. I know I don't look it, but I look 30. But I look older <laughs> than you. You do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I've done it for a long time. Uh, a big part of my job has been looking, having to look a certain way. Um, but the point of these exercises isn't about how you look, it's about how you perform. Is to help you with injury prevention. And I am very fortunate that I've really taken care of my body and I've never sustained an injury. And I've had one. What injury did you get? Uh, fused the vertebrae in my neck because I Ooh. dived off a pier and hit my head on a rock. So it's not dance related. Oh, not dance related then. Um, so other than that... you injured yourself on job? No, touch wood. That's maybe wood. Touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's two for two today. <laughs> Doggy into <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so unfortunately, I've never been injured, um, and I do believe a huge part of that is down to I've always um, exercised, and I've always really taken care of my body in the gym. Um, and what I've began to realize is that loads of dancers get injured, and it's a huge issue because we never learn about how to maintain a healthy body. Mm. Something that I physically. Something that I um, often talk to my clients about is being proactive versus reactive. So it's getting proactive about being like kind of prehab exercises. So the injuries never happen rather than getting injured and then doing the rehab Mm -hmm. exercises. We always want to work on prevention instead Mm -hmm. of rehabilitation. Massively. A hundred percent. And like, I'm really fortunate that I've never been injured 
but I'm also not fortunate because I've put in the work to stay fit and healthy. So Jacob and myself have come up, Jacob and myself have come up with seven exercises that we think are very beneficial. Um, they are really easy to, I guess they're not easy to perform as in they're easy to do. They are easy to do if you're a dancer, I guess. Um, but they require zero equipment. You can do them anywhere. So basically there's no excuse. Because um, so many times dancers or like college students or people in jobs, they'll be like, oh, can't go to, re can't go to the gym after rehearsals or after college, I'm too tired, da, da, da. I get it, I'm with you. Also, we don't want to go and batter ourselves at the gym after dancing for eight hours. So you don't have to, wahey. No, it's not, they're not like beast exercises. It's not like gym, like let me beast out. Mm. It's to prevent your body from getting injured and to help them perform better. Mm. So we have seven exercises. Um, they are going to be put above our heads. Hopefully, if Jacob can make this really clever. I'm the clever first boy. one, which I love, this to me is an incredible exercise. Um, and when I first said it to you, you weren't really that sold until I explained it. Um, for me, it's inchworms. So inchworms, basically, you would stand up with your feet in like a parallel first position. You would do a roll down just like you would in a dance class to be, put your hands on the floor. And you would walk out very, very tiny steps with your hands. Don't do like three steps. It's about doing loads of little steps, like an inch, hence, hence it's called inchworms. And you move an inch at a time your hands until you hit a plank position, a nice solid plank. Then if that's really easy position for you to achieve, I dare you to do an extended plank. I double dare you, So you wanna walk your hands out nice and far above your head. I can do it to a point where I'm literally my nose is on the floor and I'm extended above my head. The goal is to do it without arching your back because you don't wanna cause back injury. You wanna stay in that contracted position the whole time. Not like uh, a poor plank when you're in a straight line. Keep that contraction in your stomach so it's actually really engaged not just resting in a plank. You wouldn't be able to rest in this position. And then you slowly walk your feet an inch at a time, tiny, 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 tiny steps until your feet meet your hands. The benefits of this, obviously you're gonna do a roll down. So you're gonna, you know, mobilize your spine a little bit if you roll down properly with correct form. You're also gonna get an extension and a slight stretch in your hamstrings. Now, obviously, if you're not warm, you don't want to just bang out a full-on hamstring stretch. So you start off with your knees bent slightly, I guess. Uh, walk out nice and slow till you hit that position. Um, if it's your first few reps, maybe just do it to a high plank instead of an extended plank. Then the warmer you get, go further and progress. You don't need to do this a thousand times. I would say if you do this 10 times. Like, yeah, five, like, 10 times. Like 10 at the max. Like it's beneficial. Even if you're just doing it before warm up, before rehearsals or something, do it like three times. It's just gonna like get your muscles engaged because basically it's engaging everything from your head to your toe, like your arms, your shoulders, your core, your glutes, your legs, your calves, everything is gonna be engaged because you're in that high tension position in that high plank, um, the extended plank, I should say. And then the more you do it, you walk your feet in, you're gonna keep getting a stretch in the hamstrings. For me, this is one of my favorite exercises that I do in the gym before I do any other weight training mm. or anything. And it's actually, I look at it as a primer, as a warm up exercise, but it, if you do it correctly, like you don't need to do a thousand of them, you're gonna get a good workout in and it's very beneficial for you overall. I think just to kind of add on to the description of that, the end position which Kane is describing is imagine you, it looks like you're about to dive into a swimming pool. You're in yes. a dive position. Yeah. And uh, going back to the uh, reps of how many you should do, you should always look for quality of reps rather than the volume of reps. Mm. So if you can only perform five good clean reps, keep it at five. Don't don't go sloppy on it. So it's my, about precision. Yeah, my rule is never go to failure. 
So like if I can only Especially do, if you're in season, which as dancers you as always dancers are. we never have an off season, we're always in season. Um so I would always say, like for me personally, the, what I've learned, the best way to prevent injury is to remove the risk. So when you get to that final rep place, the last two rips, reps, that's where you start increasing the risk in, <laughs> increasing, increasing the risk of injury because form's gonna break down, technique's gonna break down, muscles get tired. So just remove that risk. So if I can only do five, I'm gonna do three and then take a break mm. for two, three minutes. So you probably wouldn't be three. working like a seven out of 10, eight out of 10 max. Yes. And be aware of what your week looks like. If you've got an eight hour rehearsal the next day, you you're know. gonna decrease that level of intensity. Yeah. And it's one of those things, the more you do it, the better you're gonna get at mm. it. So that would be my first exercise. What's exercise number two? Exercise number two. Does. Would be ankle flexion walks, which when you said this to me, I was looking at you as skeptical hippo eyes. But once you broke it down, <laughs> makes sense, makes right? Makes sense, yeah. Um, so obviously, as dancers, you spend your life in uh, with your ankles extended, so your calves are basically like on fire. You think about retiras, you think about um, releve. You mean releve? Sorry, what's retiras then? Retiras is when you bring your foot to your knee. Foot to your right. Sorry, you're releve. So, yeah, you spend your on, lot of life when you're on your tippy toes. Um, so yeah. So often you want to do a counteractive exercise to what you do a lot of. So for if for example, if you're a boxer, you throw a lot of punches, which means you need to do a lot of pull work because you're doing a lot of pushing. You need to do a lot of pulling as a as a counterbalance. So you want to do uh, a lot of ankle flexion exercises to counter how much strain you put in your ankle extension. Uh, so a good one to do, I, let's call it an ankle flexion walk. You stand as if you're about to walk normally kind of look like a penguin kind of look like a penguin you lift your toes off the floor so all your weight is in your heels so the balls of your feet are off the floor and then you just walk and you keep your ankles up the whole can i describe this with my hands no but it'll be here so you want to walk with your toes off the floor and just keeping your ankles flexed the whole time another exercise i do which is kind of similar to this it's actually a knee exercise but i'll lean against a wall and I'll bring my, like, uh, I'll try and create like a nice steep angle. Mm -hmm. And I'll just lift my toes off the floor and hold it for like 10 seconds, squeezing as hard as I can. And it's to like, I guess, stabilize your knee joints. Your knee but joint. it's the same thing because it's working in that flex position. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it should be working the front side of your shin rather than the back side of your shin. So yeah, working those, the opposite muscles of your calves. Duck walk, we'll call it. Duck walk. Duck walk. Uh, the next one we have is a single leg RDL. You go up. Uh, single RDL is really good. So it's uh, what's known as a unilateral exercise. So unilateral is training one side of the body um, isolated rather than both at the same time. Which as dancers is like where Everything. we live. Like I know we do plies and stuff on two legs. But like if you think of we spend so much time like on one leg, pushing off one leg, jumping and landing on one leg. Unilateral is a huge part of our mm -hmm. movement patterns. Um, and so... Uh, one leg RDL is really good for training the whole posterior chain, um, but also really good at strengthening up glutes, hamstrings, uh, core, but also learning how to stabilize through the feet and ankles and knees um, and holding yourself in a strong uh, position. Again, you'll hopefully see it in this area here. Um, main thing is so standing up on one foot, bring your knee up in front of you as if you're doing high knees, but in a controlled sense. You swing your the knee that's up in the air back into, and you lean your chest forward until you're in like a, a tabletop position almost, keeping your knee soft, but not fully extended. So it's all about where the hip goes rather than, it's hard to describe this without actually doing yeah. the exercise. So it's all about uh, what your hip does rather than what your knee is doing. So your knee will stay in the same position and your body will rotate 
around your hip. Yeah, so it's, it's not about your knee bending, it's about your hip uh, coming rotating. back. Like, right. Rotating. Yeah. Like, you're like you're doing a deadlift. Like you're doing a deadlift. And I guess an RDL stands for Romanian deadlift, which we would normally do with a weight. If you Google it mm. or YouTube it, it's going to give you that. This is the same thing, but it's without the weight. You don't need a weight. You can do it with a weight, but it's just not necessary, yeah. for sing especially for single leg. And again, when you put a weight in it, it's fantastic, but you're increasing the risk. Yeah, and uh, Brucey bonus point is think about gripping the floor with your foot. So I often tr describe it as like a monkey foot. So if you think of your heel and you think of your toe, you drive the big toe and your heel into the ground. You don't want to claw under, but you want to push them down into the ground. This will engage all the feet muscles. Um, and then again, that will help create the structure in the knee and the hips. And then they again, push the hips back. Something that happens very often in with modern day trainers is they weaken feet muscles. So this is a really good counter towards that. If you're a dancer that you find yourself with shin splints, uh, shin splinters often, or calf injuries, etc., this is a really good exercise to counter that and show is the ankle walking mm. one, which we just spoke about. Whereas college dance students, I guess you spend a lot of time barefoot, but if you're j <laughs> just a commercial dancer, you probably spend a lot of time dancing in trainers. Like, so, you know, if you do spend a lot of time dancing in trainers, it'd be great to do some, even just some footwork. Like, mm. <laughs> practice picking things up with your toes. Like, yeah. use your feet. Get back to, yeah, because again, modern day feet. trainers, absolutely shite for your feet. Yeah, 100%. Unless they're Jordans, then they make your feet look sexy. <laughs> um, and if, <laughs> That's all that matters, and if they're sketches, then you've got shit feet. <laughs> sketchy. Sketches are sketchy, mate. Uh, next exercise would be a Bulgarian split squat. Um, but we would do it without a supported back leg. So a traditional Bulgarian split squat would be like, imagine you're stood in a lunge position and you're just bending to lower yourself down and extend back up. But instead of doing it uh, supported with both feet on the floor as we're advanced human beings as dancers, we're the creme de la creme. Uh, <laughs> I think you could remove your back leg. Don't amputate it, just lift it off the floor. Um, so you're just balancing on one leg. Uh, the benefit of this is kind of similar to the RDL, um, except instead of just using your hamstring and your hips, you're using a lot of quad, which we want to have nice, strong quads. Obviously, as dancers, we don't want them to be too dominant, but we need to have strong legs, and it's going to help us stabilize our knees and our ankles and also just help us with balance. Again, it's back to a, unila a unilateral right mm -hmm. training um so you're working one side and then the other you're not like dependent on both sides and you're going to find one is stronger than the other you're going to be better at doing on one leg than the other i always recommend doing the worst side first never do the best side first um and the benefit of this is like for me it's giving you control so it's not about doing it fast so if you think about coming down for like eight counts and then back up for eight counts like the slower the better like quality over quantity. I'd rather you do five really slow ones than 20 fast ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to like work quality on control even. and quality. Think of how many times you as a dancer have to land on one leg. Mm. Like you'll do an axle turn and land on one leg. And normally that's even worse because that's coming out of a turning motion. So you're creating like a torque sideways. Like, but we don't ever just train strength in our, our legs singly plie in on one leg very often we always plie on two legs whether that's in first second whatever but just support having that like strength around your knee and your ankle joints on one leg is so beneficial mm. for us as dancers i think reading back to what came was saying about the lowering phase so it's what's known as the eccentric phase a lot of athletes that i train i get them to work on the eccentric phase a lot so learning how to cushion momentum so i get them to jump and then slowly land into the floor so they can uh, take the power out of the 
the, the landing. So I definitely think on this exercise, again, what you're saying about going slow on the way down, four to eight counts or four to eight seconds on the eccentric, so the down phase. And then I would actually maybe even advise bursting up to get better jump power. Yeah. So Two variations make, of it. Yeah. And if you're really gangster. You can jump. You could jump them. Yeah. But not until you're good, I would say, at mm. just doing it without the jump because then you're going to work on being explosive as well. But yeah. again, this isn't about how many reps you can do. So don't make it a CrossFit workout class. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like treat it. Do you know what? Treat this like yoga. Like yeah. treat all of these exercises like yoga where you want to try and relax and be calm and use muscles instead of trying to build up a sweat. and. Yeah, you want to be aware of what yourself. your body's doing. Exactly. Less, yeah. less is actually more. Um, my phone keeps locking. It's very unprofessional. Next one is <laughs> side plank hip abductors. This one's you. This one's up. So if you looked at the video just above us here. Um, so we this haven't one... filmed these videos yet, so I hope this works. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it all makes sense. Um, so this one is great for, again, knee stability and knee control. Obviously, as dancers, your change of direction is every millisecond of, the, of a performance or whatever, or of your training day. Uh, so this one is great for the core, but also great for strengthening the side of the hip. Now, the side of the hip will help control where your knee is in space if it travels from left to right. Again, because you change your direction so often, you've got a higher opportunity of risk throughout knees and ankles. So this is going to really help create the base. So for those listening, you want to think a side plank. Um, so you can either do this on elbow or on arm. But yeah, create a side plank um, with your knees and hips off the floor and make sure that's like a sharp diagonal cutting up. You don't want your hips drooping. So you want a nice straight line from heel to heel to head. From here, you're going to lift off the the leg that's on the upside or the outside um, into like a scissor motion. Again, nice controlled. You want to think about keeping your hips straight on. So whichever way you're lying, your hips are, hips are facing that direction. Lifting your leg off the floor, back down again. Again, nice controlled. Again, two, three seconds up, two, three seconds down. Um, and you should really hopefully feel on the side of the hip and also on your obliques of the side that you're leaning into. And again, probably good to do this on your weaker side first, right? So you're not tired by the time you get yeah. to your weak side. Because what you'll find is that your supporting legs, uh, glute medius is also working as well. So yeah, yeah, I'd probably go weak side first. Weak side first. Uh, next one is, we still haven't figured out, what what do we call it? A Y raise? Y, I, I actually think a Y up is a different story, but let's call it a Y press. So imagine you're laying on your stomach, um, nice and flat. The goal is to squeeze your feet together. So you don't want wide legs. Squeeze your feet together so you engage your glutes and your uh, your inner thighs, your groin and stuff. Um, and extend your arms above you. Keep a nice long neck. Leave. Don't shrug your shoulders. Nice, like, gir giraffe neck. Your arms are here. Well, you'll see it in the video above me. Uh, you want to lift your hands off the floor. You want to bring... You want to think of doing, like, a... Imagine you're doing, like, a pull-down, like, uh, like a back, like, lateral pull-down but laying on your stomach. So I'm trying to bring my elbows to my rib cage without letting my arms touch the floor. And I'm trying to take the widest journey possible with my elbows. So my arms are pulling down and I'm squeezing them towards my rib cage. You'll feel this in your rear delts and your rhomboid and you're pulling nice and tight. From there, I keep my feet I'm like nice and tight, my glutes engaged. I'm gonna lift my chest off the floor, kind of to a similar position that you create in a yoga class as like a back exercise. Hold it for like three seconds, lower down for three seconds, and slowly extend your arms back out, doing the reverse pathway of what you just done. Again, not letting your hands touch the floor. Keep them hovering, hold it there for a second, and repeat that. Uh, 
this won't this will feel easy the first five times you do it by the time you get to seven times you're going to start feeling it burn uh you'll feel it burning in your upper back your rear delts your glutes your lower back it's a really really good exercise um it's quite difficult to create body weight exercises that train your back um so this is a good one and this is so good for our posture because mm, obviously posture. what happens in like day-to-day -day life is we get a lot of forward uh, rounded shoulder especially if you're someone that does lots of push-ups or bench presses like you find like these meatheads have rounded shoulders at the front because they've got really tight pecs and they don't work on like their scapula retraction um so obviously you're retracting your scapula all the time in this exercise which we're used to doing if we're dancers because we do that when we stood at a ballet bar or when we're dancing but in day-to-day -day life we sit at computers we play on our phones we're always in this rounded position so this is so good for our posture so i really really enjoyed this exercise yeah, and i noticed that it actually prevents a lot of shoulder injuries as well because stopping that forward rounded motion yeah big time like i again a lot of these exercises well, all these exercises are very much um like it's a feeling based exercise. So you could probably butcher the way that you uh, do the exercise that Kane's just explained. So you really got to think about engaging from those lower traps underneath the shoulder blades and squeezing through. Yeah. Same with like the RDL. You're, it's all about control, balance, how much weight you're putting through your feet. You're in control of the intent of the, the intention, of yeah. the intention because you're not relying on your own body weight necessarily to be lifted up and down and you're not relying on shifting or moving a weight. You're mm -hmm. creating the force and the feeling with your own texture and your own tensions. Yeah. Um, Dope. And we have one more, and yeah. the last one is our Hindu push-up. Oh yeah, Hindu push-up. So uh, I love this exercise. I think it's a great exercise for, first of all, shoulder mobility. Uh, really good. So you're starting your downward dog position, getting a nice stretch through your hamstrings, your calves, and your shoulders. <laughs> Don't know why I'm doing a Scottish accent for a Hindu push-up. Uh, from there, you want to slowly lower down. Think of doing like a swan dive. Your head is lower into the floor. I'm going to let my nose and my face just not touch the floor, but just brush past it, following by my chest to my stomach to go through like this weird push-up position to then go into like a, what would that be called? Oh. Laying on your stomach. Oh, I thought it's an ab stretch. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Though. I'm blanking. Um, just that you're wanking. Blanking. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very good exercise. Very good exercise. <laughs> Good for right arm. <laughs> uh, anywho, <laughs> left if it's not. Back to sensible. <laughs> Work weak side first. <laughs> Doing those muscle imbalances, kids. Come uh, on. So yeah, you'll lower down. Well, you'll see it in this video, and you'll come to like I guess a swan. I actually position. can't remember. So anyway, you're in a press position. You want to drive your hips to the floor, lift your chest off the floor. Then you want to reverse that motion. So pull your hips. You can just pull yourself straight back to a downward dog, but they get a full bang for your buck. Is reverse that motion that you just created. So literally press rewind. Bring your hips back. Go the reverse way. Your stomach, your chest to your face. Passing the floor to go back to that downward dog position. This is a great upper body exercise. You're going to work your shoulders, your triceps, your chest. There's going to be some core activation in there. There's also going to be stretching of the hamstrings, calves, and of the abdomen, and of the shoulders. So I just think that's a great upper body exercise. Instead of you bashing out 100 push-ups, why not do 20 of these and get more bang for your buck and work your shoulders and stuff as well? I actually can't remember what that position's called. Yeah, we'll I should really out. know that. I've been teaching it for years. Yeah, but don't you find that's the way? Like, you don't... I'm on pressure. You, you just don't... Well, you just don't think I of don't the word because you're like, I don't need to say the name of that. It's just yeah. show them as this. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, so there are our seven exercises. Seven exercises. Seven exercises you can do anywhere. Um, there'll be a video by here for you to watch them. I bloody hope so, anyway. As we're explaining. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Thank you. Please come back. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs>
subscribe. He's come back. He's come back. <laughs> subscribe on YouTube. You're watching it on YouTube. So go and subscribe. Like it and leave us a comment. Let us know what you liked, what you don't like. Let us know what you want to have more of. S- follow us on Instagram at the Internet's Podcast. I'm at Mr. Bull Change. This is Gibson underscore media underscore. That'll be at Gibson yeah. underscore sorry, media sorry, underscore. And yeah. Let us know what you think. We're probably going to do another video on exercises with equipment because I feel like some people might want to go to the gym and do equipment. So we'll have another one of them coming soon. Peace out. One love.